Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of The Brain Food Show. I'm Simon, I'm here with Davin, and today... I was reading for the notes for this one. Uh, it's, it's an interesting one. We're talking about the... It's got a really long title. How do porcupines mate in the bizarre sex habits of giraffes and much more. It's a bit of a long one. Much more. Lots yeah, of much, much more. more. Much more. Almost like a bonus facty episode, right? Yeah, it is. Those are, those are great. Where are we starting? Are we doing a bonus fact or what? Yeah, we are starting with a quick fact that is somewhat related, but more, uh, you know, humans. Uh, uh-huh. So it turns out, in theory, it is completely possible for a male human to become pregnant with fertilized... So, so well, I saw, that. This... I saw that documentary with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny <laughs> yeah. yeah, it turns out all you need to do is take a fertilized egg and implant it into the male's abdomen. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> hopefully then it will attach to something. And if it does, like the liver or other organs and stuff, it, uh, you know, it gets its nutrients from there. If it does happen... This will result in a genuine pregnancy. It's called an ectopic implantation. And uh, it is, as you might imagine, extremely risky for the baby and the male in question, uh, mainly due to internal bleeding, because what will happen is if the once the baby, presumably, if it gets to, to full term, then yeah. they do a C-section to take it out. Then they remove the placenta and everything. And this will start some pretty uh, massive internal bleeding, which is difficult to stop. Um, So we have a little quote from bioethicist Glenn McGee on this, stating, The question is not, can a man do it? It's if a man does have a successful pregnancy, can he survive it? This is so crazy. I I honestly feel like this could be one of those, if this was published on on April 1st, I would assume this was a joke. So they, implantations, just like a needle or what? Well, I assume just get the egg in there and then, well, probably you need lots of eggs to get one to actually implant somewhere. Uh, but and then, then it can yeah, get if nutrients it, off the liver? How yeah, is that it, even same, possible? This is, this is completely possible in women too. And this actually happens sometimes in women where they will, they will the, the egg will implant outside of the uterus. Uh, and obviously the uterus for a variety of reasons is the best place for it to implant, but sometimes it'll implant in the fallopian tubes. Really? And this, that, this, yeah, this occurs in about 1% of pregnancies actually outside of the, of the uterus. And so... It'll might implant in the fallopian tubes. That's like 99% of these cases, but in women. And then about 1% of those uh, will then attach elsewhere too, like the liver or the bowels or, you know, diaphragm, stuff like that, just anywhere in there. And uh, yeah, this, this is a thing that happens rarely, but it does happen. And then uh, the baby can go in women that have this happen. It can go full term. It's just, uh, there is a pretty high, I think it was like 21% or something like that will have some sort of birth defect or something like that. And this is primarily because the, they're not getting the, um, like the proper protection that they get kind of in the uterus and all the amniotic fluid and everything like that. They don't really get that as much when it's implanted elsewhere. And so this can cause lots of problems and, uh, yeah. And so uh, not to, we always go dark on these sometimes, but there is, it turns out when this happens, so you have this egg like in a woman that is implanted, you know, and connected to her liver or something like that, getting all its nutrients. And so it turns out if the baby dies, which is not uncommon in these cases, uh, what will happen is if it's small enough, it will then just the body kind of reabsorbs the tissue and then, you know, gets rid of it naturally and everything like that. But if it's yeah. not, it'll stay there and it's got a, it, and it's got nowhere to go, obviously. And so what will happen is over time, these like calcium deposits will build up on the dead tissue. Oh, and then, we did a video about this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Didn't then it turns out- have this for like 90, she was 90 or something. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. And it turns out into what's called a stone baby, where it's just this calcified mass, uh, or technically it's the lithopedian, which is much better word to say it than stone like baby. dinosaur. 
Yeah. And so this this happens, and most women who have this happen aren't really aware of it because it's too small. It doesn't really cause them any issues or anything. In this woman's case that you were talking about, yeah, it was huge. It looked like she was pregnant, like full on, full on pregnant, like, you know, like seven months or eight months or something like that. And, and she, she knew about for, it, right? She was just too poor to yeah, cut out. She was in yeah, rural it was China be like, or something. Yeah, it was going to be the equivalent of like $1,500 or something like that to get it removed. And she didn't have that money. So she just carried it for like 60 years or something like that until she was in her 90s <laughs> and finally got it removed. But yeah, in this case, the average though for for these lithopedian, you know, I don't know what you want to call them, babies or whatever, they it actually takes about 22 years on average in all the cases for the woman to realize they have it. Usually they'll go in for an examination, some sort of medical examination of some sort, and then they'll just, you know, discover it and then remove it. But so... It turns out this isn't super common, when, as you might. It's, when they say stone, it's a calcification, right? Yeah, it's just it's just all the tissue's been calcified, and that's kind of the way the body... So like know. a bone? Yeah, basically. Wow. So it's a stone baby or whatever. Uh, so yeah, there has only been 300 known cases of this ever been documented, but it is because it, a lot of the time the women don't know they had it unless they go in for some other examination. Uh, it's thought the cases are probably higher. Because oh, normally it's small. Yeah, normally okay. it's quite small gotcha. and just like a little hard lump in their abdomen, which you never really notice, um, really. Um, and this, these stone babies, because they're outside of the uterus and everything, they don't, uh, they don't really cause any issues usually with, with having babies. So there's really not really a lot of reason to notice that this happened. But anyway, going back to the, the main thing was that this, it is perfectly possible to also implant the egg in a similar fashion into a male and then have it go to term uh, and then, you know, have a, have a baby. The, the main question I have from this whole quick fact is why on earth haven't we made a video about this yet? It seems, I, I find it really hard to sometimes call which videos are going to do well and which ones aren't. Yeah. I feel a video titled Men Can Have Babies is going to do quite well. Yeah, we had the, the male lactation one did pretty well. And um, right. oh, the, the woman, the one woman who, who got stabbed and had a baby. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That one I thought for sure was a myth until, you know, it's totally published in the whatever British Medical Journal or whatever. Not as unbelievable as the fact that men can have babies. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've never really, I probably should, we probably should do a full on <laughs> I've never on doubted that. it. <laughs> <laughs> I always well, I just never... if I wanted to, science would get there. <laughs> well, yeah. And if I wanted to, you just have to take some prolactin and you can breastfeed, breastfeed away. that baby too. Who yeah. needs women? <laughs> Well, I guess, you know, for well, half the, the DNA eggs, and the eggs. The and eggs this, are this kind stuff. of important. Yeah. <laughs> Necessary. Yeah. Did I read oh. that women, two women, can have a baby successfully? They can have a girl, right? Because of the chromosomes, there's XY and XX. And then if two XXs come together, they can use science. So two women can technically have a biological baby together. You're smiling like I've misread something, which is probably true. <laughs> No, I was just uh, smiling because it was like for science, science can do anything. It's awesome. Okay. Well, uh, interesting. Yeah. Is, that, is that our bonus fact? That is our, that is our uh, initial quick fact. And now we're going to move on to animals. What you've all been waiting for. <laughs> yeah, we are going to start with giraffe sex, which is one of my favorites uh, of the most bizarre. <laughs> so giraffes, they, they, they start out, their little mating ritual starts out with the male. Usually this is how it goes. Uh, there's an exception, but usually the male will approach the female and then usually the quite disinterested female and then rub against her backside until nope. she pees this is, on this him. This is when it got different. <laughs> yeah, until she pees and then he will uh, kind of, you know, reach down and take a little taste, you know, she'll pee into his mouth. You're as, all, as you're as saying you it's all like it's very normal. 
<laughs> yeah, no, all these you know, are pretty hilarious. Like you do. Well, you know, out of the every bar, single one of these, every single one of these, <laughs> even as bizarre as they get, you know, there's there's people out there that are doing all of them, and some of them get pretty bizarre. We'll get into, but this one, this one. So he'll, you know, she pees into his mouth, and then this is how he tells. Basically, he tastes it to see if she's in heat or not. If she is in heat, uh, then you know he'll stalk her. Basically, he'll follow her around, and she tends to run away or walk away, just not really giving him the time of day. The whole point of this is to try to get other males to pursue her as well. Uh, and then they kind of, the males fight. But this is, this is the thing is male, male fighting in the giraffe world o- over a mate is not actually like, they're not trying to injure each other or anything or, and no serious damage is done usually yeah. what they're actually doing. So they, they kind of do this necking thing and there's one, there's low intensity necking and high intensity necking. <laughs> this is not like what humans do, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm no, guessing it's I, got something to do with that giant neck. No, I mean, they get, they get to the whole uh, human necking thing. Uh-huh. Uh, but so at first low intensity, it just basically, they just press their necks against each other and they're just pushing. And they might do this for like a half hour, just like pushing really hard, like a pushing contest. It's all the males this that. is to fight each other. Yeah. Okay. To, to, for the right of the female or whatever. And so this, this is kind of the low intensity <laughs> necking and yeah. then the, the high intensity <laughs> necking, they'll swing their heads and kind of knock each other, you know, like landing blows on each other. And this one, this one, again, it looks a little violent, but there's usually not any serious damage done. This is amazing. So, I would pay to watch this. Yeah. And then it's so, so, the long, the person or the, the giraffe with the longer neck almost always wins. Uh, it's just this tends to be the way it goes. Yeah. And so this is the interesting part, though. So after their necking battle is done, they start caressing each other's necks, you know, just kind of rubbing against each other. And then they will proceed to have sex with each other. The males. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, and this is oh, male. Male on giraffes, male giraffes, about 75% of the time they have sex is actually with other male giraffes. It's not with the females because the females tend to play hard to get a lot. So oh. the, the males, they have their little fights and then they, they have makeup sex, basically. Uh, so. <laughs> All right. The females 75%? also. 75%? Yeah. Yeah. Well, some figures go as far as 94%, but I, I went with the conservative one. Uh, but Sometimes I wonder what's up with evolution, you know, on that one. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. They're not getting a lot of loving from the females. So, you know, they, they had a fight, you know, True. Let's make up. Uh, the females actually do do this some too, but it's only like 1%. It's pretty rare of the female sexual encounters are with uh, female, two female giraffes. Mm-hmm. Um, so then going back to the, to the male female mating. So yeah. after, in general, the female tends to prefer older males uh, and the males tend to prefer younger females, which is pretty typical here. And so this, this once, once the, once, the little necking battle is done. And then finally the, the female's like, all right, you know, you're, you're pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll go, we'll go with that. Um, you well, kicked that other giraffe's ass. <laughs> yeah. I should also mention here that if the female in the first place is just really interested in a particular male, maybe like a really long necked, older, older male, yeah. then she might just approach him. And then they, they skip the whole Ooh. necking with other males things. And she'll just, she'll just go and she'll actually rub against him to try to get him to, you know, taste her pee. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, they do, do that. As you do. And then so then she'll just let him go ahead. She won't run away from him uh, or either way, or if the male wins all the battles and then she'll finally get interested and be like, here you go. And then they then the actual mating happens pretty quickly. It only lasts a few seconds in the case oh. of giraffes. They don't take their time. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so then that's that's just kind of how that goes. It's incredibly weird, but it's also interesting how you'll go from, you know, well, the males pursue the females. Seems very normal. Then they pee in each other's mouths or the, the woman pees in the man's mouth. Yes. Yeah. And know, then naturally the two males will, will fight and then, ha- then have makeup sex. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. That's giraffes. Yeah. <laughs> giraffes. 
They're awesome. Now we're going to get to how do porcupines mate? Because if you think about it, you know, they put all spiky. the quills yeah. all over their bodies. This is not going to be a good time. And it turns out it really isn't that good of a time for the males for a variety of reasons. Oh. So for, for the first place, they tend to have to fight off all the other males around to, to win the right to mate with a female. And this often results in them getting stuck with a lot of quills in the process before they ever get to mate. And so <laughs> if they win, then they'll, they'll go to the female and they'll do a little nose rubbing. Uh, so they kind of do this. And after that, the, if the female still, she likes whatever she's smelling or whatever right. from him, she'll then stand on her hind legs to expose her, her belly, which doesn't have quills on it. And then there's a, there's this, a lot more smell and taste based. <laughs> there is. No, it gets, this gets better. This gets better. So then she's not standing up on her hind legs yet to let him mate with her. No, no. She's wanting to see what he's got here. And so he will then urinate all over her body. And and just and not in like a normal way that the the thing might oh, urinate the normal no. way like we all do. Yeah, no, this is this is like a special super high pressure. Yeah, like oh, like ejaculation of pee like all over. <laughs> and this this <laughs> if this if this golden shower is not up to the female standards that she's not like in the sense. Power shower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If she's not liking the the sense that are coming or the or the pressure, you know, maybe he's not. He's not, he's not spraying her hard enough. Um, she will shake off that urine and then go find herself another mate. But, but if, if she, oh, I should also mention here that in a lot of animal species, it actually, the females tend to get raped a lot. And so we're going to get into ducks later, which is, oh yeah, ducks are, we did a video just, about, is this about what I think it's about? Yeah. The dead duck day, which we're going to get into, which is fascinating. So stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, so the ducks are like the worst of this. I'm probably not the worst, but they're they're pretty bad. And, but, the corkscrew penises. Yeah, but the Sorry, yeah, in we'll this case, later. yeah, in, in this case, the porcupine females they the males are completely at their mercy because of course all they got to do is like swipe their tail, you know, at, at the at the male's exposed bits, and and that's that's him not interested anymore probably. Uh, so ah. they they are completely in control, and this is a good thing because it turns out porcupine females are only receptive. The sexual advances for about eight to twelve hours per year, oh. and so yeah, it's not, it's not, That's not specific. very typical. Yeah, it, it is, and so this usually happens in like the late summer, early fall, and so they do when when they are quite receptive. What if they, they were they sleeping? Take... Like, oh, I missed that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm How sure there's porcupines sort of like... live. I think wait, twenty or thirty years or something. I don't know. Okay, I don't really remember. remember. That's a guess. That's a guess. I think it was something like that. But either way, so this. They do take full advantages. They will. They will let the male of their choice mate with them, basically so, until he also, is sexually exhausted. Have you seen? Like, I was looking up the uh, the lifespan of. I think it was a duck, just to, mm-hmm. <laughs> not related to this, but uh, just the lifespan of a regular mallet. It's crazy the difference. It'll say you'll Google it. It'll be yeah between two and fifty years or whatever. I'm sure yeah. it wasn't this. And then, yeah. Like, oh yeah, if it's really well taken care of in captivity, and then it's yeah. like, oh yes, because the real world is absolutely brutal for animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Crazy. So, so yeah. So, so the female will during this eight to twelve hour stretch. Once the male she picks her male, mm-hmm. she will, she will, she will let him basically go until he's completely exhausted, mm-hmm. uh, and they they just continue doing that. Well, and, he has uh, eight to twelve hours every year. He's got to make. Yeah, he's, he's got to make the most of it. Oh, and we should actually mention. I don't know why. I skipped this somewhere, but she will, she will eventually basically expose her belly to the male to allow him then to, it's the, the belly doesn't have quills and stuff. So they just mm-hmm. kind of go belly to belly there, uh, not poking each other. Um, and then 
approximately 112 to 210 days later, depending on the exact species, mm-hmm. a little a little baby porcupine is born, and it's it's probably noteworthy. People are probably wondering mm-hmm. their quills. <laughs> their quills are quite soft when they first come out, but they harden when exposed to air and stuff. So within about an hour, they get they get hardened. So yeah, huh. there you go. I also see in the notes here, which I didn't know if you wanted to mention or not, that. The common misconception of porcupines throwing their quills. Yeah, they don't. They can't do that. This is a That's common a misconception. <laughs> yeah, I had. This is the first thing time I've ever heard of this. So really, I see, it's in cartoons that, and stuff all the time. Like cartoons, yeah, they like so, whip their tail and throw. But so ducks just wearing a t-shirt and no pants. That doesn't mean yeah. that ducks just wear t-shirts and no pants. Yeah, and I, ducks <laughs> being like, like male ducks, particularly being like evil um, that's <laughs> yeah. not in cartoons yeah yeah and rapey yeah oh, totally dark it's gonna get dark no but also a hilar- dead duck day is so hilarious i don't know why i find it to be so hilarious but it, it's funny uh, i um, think this is one of the videos uh, we did this on highlight, highlight history, history the new, is, new channel if people want to go subscribe definitely check um, that out if you just youtube search or even google search highlight history it'll probably come up yeah it comes up now it used to not but nice now it does that's good um, that means we're doing something right yeah. All right. I was going to say, I couldn't, I, I think I lost my, uh, I lost my many times in that video. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it's, it was a good one. What are we up to next? We are moving on to banana slugs. I've never heard which, of banana slugs. Yeah. If you, if you Google them, they, I mean, just picture a banana and then like a slug and make them the same. And that's exactly what they look like, like length and all. Oh, yeah, yeah. they are. Can I, yeah. I, 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 it'd be cool if I could, whoa. They're really banana-like, or almost something like a cross between a jalapeno and a banana. Yeah. I could... And so they also have a, their Latin name is, I, I'll go with Dolly Chifalis. And this, Ooh, this means giant. to do with penis. <laughs> that, that literally means giant penis. Oh. And so go. it turns out the banana slugs have a penis that is almost the length, or, or can be the length of their entire body. And it comes out of their head, like that's where it emerges from. And yeah. so if you have like an eight inch banana slug, the, the penis will be about eight inches too. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I did put a little aside here. So male barnacles actually have the largest penis proportional to its body size. And it is about 50 times the length of the barnacle's body. So, Wait, so would it, the barnacle's body then be 50 times longer? Do they just not count the penis as part of the body You could count it that length? way, but yeah, I guess you could count it that way, but, <laughs> but no. Giant uh, barnacles. Where's this penis on these Banana slugs. I I, 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 I gotta say that's not something I've Googled. It's banana slug penis. Well, um, I was Googling my, where my, is the penis on banana slugs. My search engine, yeah. or my search history is already bad enough with all the articles we do. I'm like, you know. <laughs> so I've not done that one. Sorry, carry uh, But on. it, it comes out of their head. Uh, so. What? <laughs> yeah. So how do they actually mate? with this massive member. So they, they're actually hermaphrodites, it turns out. So both, both, both of them have a nice giant penis sticking out. And then they, they, and so a lot of these hermaphrodites like this, they'll, they'll kind of duke it out and, you know, to get to see who gets to be the, the, the one penetrated or, you know, the mother or the father in this case, which one gets to be pregnant and which one gets to be the father. In this case though, um, banana slugs do not do this. They actually will just both, uh, go ahead and insert themselves. And, but this is where it gets a little weird. So it turns out this is where it gets actually, a little weird. It wasn't weird already. <laughs> no, it gets it gets worse. Uh, so they, it turns <laughs> out they they can get stuck because they're so big. Um, 
and they can sometimes get stuck in each other. And so what they'll do to get out of this process is once the mating is done, they will then go ahead and just eat each other's penises, like bite it off type of thing, just to, you know, yeah, as, as you do. Yeah. Uh, so, and it's also thought that this might also be some sort of evolutionary thing, not just for stuck, but also to prevent the other male from then going on and mating again with another, maybe. There's the, like that, that hypothesis. But at the same time, it definitely seems to be something to do with being stuck too, because there has been cases where a banana slug will be stuck and will chew off its own penis. Just bite it right off. Um, <laughs> okay. You were right. It got weirder. <laughs> yeah. Um, Good so, Lord. <laughs> that is uh, apophallation, by the way, when they, when they bite off the penis. Is like, I love that. Who comes up with this? <laughs> we need a word term. for when banana slugs eat each other's penises. Apophallation. I assume it's Latin because fat, fat, yeah, alley is penisy, yeah. right? Yeah. So now we're going to move on, so move on from giant penises to giant uh, clitorises. And this, we're going to move on to the female hyena. It can be up to about seven inches long and it's sort of like a pseudo penis, kind of looks like a <laughs> penis. It can even stand erect and everything. And this makes it really hard for the male confusing. to actually mate because the, it turns out their, their clitoris actually has the birthing canal in it. And so that's what the, the male has to insert, but it's like inserting a penis into a penis type thing. So it's like not hard. It's not easy to do. And so the, the males, apparently it's quite humorous. If you look up videos of this, I, I have not yet. Uh, so mm-hmm. they, they try to like mount, but they kind of got to go and like a weird angle and then like up and back to, to get and then get this tiny thing. Um, so uh, I would be more impressed with this if I wasn't already familiar with what the ducks are up to, which is coming up later. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so corkscrew it, penis. <laughs> Sorry. No, and this this does make it so the female hyena not uh, usually they're bigger anyway and stronger. So, uh-huh. but they also don't have that whole problem. Like they they get to pick their male, uh, and so and so yeah they. I feel like the, the title fem- of this episode should be corkscrew penis. It would get more. <laughs> yeah. So this this turns out badly for the female though. Although although it kind of like besides her size makes it so it's like impossible for the male to to get at her if she doesn't want him to yeah uh, this is a this is a problem because this is also the birthing canal and it's very narrow and small and it turns out like first time hyena mothers are die a lot because they tear you know because the, like the, the little hyenas are coming out of their clitoris basically uh and it tears and they they die yeah sometimes yeah yeah oh my yeah, yeah. so yeah so now Speaking of hermaphrodites, we're going to go into one of the hermaphrodites that does duke it out in flatworms. And they actually have this sort of like dagger-like penis where they'll actually have sword fights with each other to see get which one gets to be the male or, and which one is the mother, the one going to be impregnated. And they also, it turns out, use these penises for hunting sometimes. What? Um, you know. <laughs> okay. And so the, the winner basically is the one that stabs the other, like literally stabs them somewhere in their body, very similar to, we've mentioned bed bugs before. Uh, and then they just ejaculate the sperm into the body and then it'll it'll get them get them pregnant and then that's the you know the winner is the one who stabs the other one um so yeah bed bugs same same type of deal i know we've mentioned this one before but for those not familiar so they they kind of have this like hypodermic genitalia as well and the males will just sort of like seek out the females or even males they go based on the size of the bed bugs so if it's a really big male they might go ahead and just stab that one too um so and they'll, they'll just same thing they stab the body and then you know that's how they get them pregnant but they can do it the normal way. I, I can't. I think they have the, the necessary thing, but I, I, I don't think they actually do this. That's weird. Although I guess 
just be, we could link this back to that earlier on with the uh, with the humans and having the egg implanted. I mean, technically, we could we could do it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it should work. I'm su- I'm surprised no one has tried this before. Like you think? Wait, you mean the be... the human ma- the man giving the birth? Yeah, the male. Like I'm surprised. Like no, this has never been tried somewhere. Yeah, I yeah. I kind of feel that this is the sort of thing that happens during those horrific times in history where there are holocausts and horrible experiments on people. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's surprising that no one's ever, ever given it a go just to see what would happen, <laughs> you know? But um, now we're finally going to move on to ducks. Okay. Ducks, ducks are the... Uh, so for those who don't know, and I mean, we've sort of alluded to it here, they're incredibly sexually aggressive creatures. Um, and, and this so is your regular kind of mallet, the nice-looking yeah, one, and yeah. then there's the brown... Female, they're so nice. I loved feeding the ducks. They're not. They're not nice at all. No, they're extremely sexually aggressive. And the and the females are quite choosy, uh, uh, which is you know that those two combination of things mean that there's a lot, a lot of basically duck sex ending up being rape. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the the female ducks' reproductive tracts have sort of evolved over time to have these like random twists and turns and even like dead ends (laughs) to just stop. The, the male's penis from getting all the way to to where that could then fertilize any eggs. Yeah. Uh, so and this is and if you look at look up pictures of this. This is completely bizarre um, looking. And then, but it turns out it's super effective because it turns out about ninety percent of these duck rape cases, the the eggs will not get fertilized. So it's very effective. But in contrast, when the female is actually willing, which is you know when she actually picks one that she likes, uh, this this almost always results in fertilization. So it's it's quite effective. On the downside, it does end up with sometimes like the female duck running from literally like many, many male ducks. Like it's just, like flying for its life, basically, sometimes literally, sometimes these it can result in the the death of the female yeah. uh, when they when they get grounded and then sort of gang raped to death by the male ducks. Um, I am I am Googling pictures of ducks mating uh-huh. right now. Next time I'm going to work out a way that we can put these up uh, yeah. for those people who are just listening to the audio. We're actually live streaming this on YouTube right now. Um, if you want to check that out in the future, um, do that somehow. <laughs> it's, I'll work out a way to get these pictures so we can throw them up on the screen. But for now, dark reproductive tract is definitely a Google image search that is worth it. It's pretty It's crazy. like a maze with like dead ends and like it's, it's, it's crazy. And then you look at the male duck's penises, which has evolved to sort of get around this problem. Ooh, They'll be like, now. yeah, this is your search history. Male be awesome. duck penis. <laughs> so they, they're oh. like... What? Yeah, no, they're they're all like corkscrew shaped and like and basically the, the whole idea is to try to like find its way through this little maze and they're sometimes it's spiny. Huge. <laughs> yeah, they're sometimes really spiny so that the yeah. female can't get get it out very easily once they're once they get in. Um so yeah, and so the, the, the extreme example of this is the Argentina Lake Duck, which has a penis length that is about the same as its body length. So when it extends, it's like sixteen to seventeen inches. <laughs> yeah. Uh out and so I love this quote from the uh not just from the University of Alaska State, there's some researchers there. They, they said, it's not just for, in, in this case, the duck, it's not just for finding a path through the female's reproductive tract, but it's also... Uh, sorry, I was looking up duck pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Our best guess is that the birds use the long penis as a kind of lasso. <laughs> the males have to chase the female. And even during uh, copulation, the females are trying to escape. Oh my. Yeah. As a lasso. I mean, looking at these pictures of it... It is most certainly long enough. Yeah. There's and, one that I, if I did know better, I'd, I think it looks like a painting. Like someone's painted this. 
putting it could the be, deviant it could be one of those, in deviant art. It could be one of those old, like, you know, 19th century paintings of the, the thing when someone's discovered it. But this, this all brings us to Dead Duck Day, which yeah. is, so, on June 5th, 1995, at approximately 5.55 p.m., there was a male mallard that randomly hits mm-hmm. a glass window, uh, basically at the, at the Natural History Museum of Rotterdam in Holland. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it hits it and then it, it dies. It just flops on the ground. And you so, must have had this, like when you're in a building and... Yeah. Oh! Oh yeah. no. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, so within moments Sorry, of that... They, have you seen those things they sell? Sorry, I know this is a tangent and you want to get on with yeah. the dead duck thing, but <laughs> have you seen those stickers that you can buy of like hawks that people will stick on buildings? Yeah. Yeah, for the longest time, literally until maybe last year, I assumed those were decorative. And I always thought it was a very strange style choice to have. Oh, wow, there's this really nice glass building. Why has someone stuck decorative bird silhouettes on this? <laughs> and then well, in this case, they're stopping the birds to hit the buildings, apparently. Yeah. Um, I guess this museum did not have these. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So this actually, this actually, they have one of these like things on this building where, where the dead duck hit. Uh, which we'll we'll get into uh, in a bit. So it's like a little splatter mark, basically. Oh no! Like, yeah, okay. the, but it's like a, just a, a a thing. So, anyways, if so I this... didn't know they were so insanely sexually aggressive, I'd feel much bad because they're so cute. No, you, like oh, you would, but no, you ducks. don't feel bad for this duck at all. He deserved <laughs> it. And it turns out this duck is thought to have been running from another male duck who was trying to rape it. So it's not it's not just that they'll rape the females; it, they'll they'll rape each other too. <laughs> um, so, so this I feel, is gonna, I feel like I just shouldn't be surprised by anything anymore. No, not with the ducks. So this dead duck, it hits the window, flops on the ground, and yeah. then within within like almost right away, another male duck lands, and and then proceeds to mount the dead duck, and then have vigorous intercourse with it for a reported seventy five minutes um, before finally the researcher who was watching this whole thing got sick of it and like all right that's enough and and forced the dead mallard away. To you know, like leave the poor dead, or force force the living mallard away. So, so the what researchers was this? This was a guy by the name of Keith Smolliker. Yeah. Uh, so he was a at the time he was an educational assistant there at the museum, but today he's actually its director. Whoa. Um, so That's, yeah, yeah, but, good for him. <laughs> it turns out that it had never been observed before. Uh, they they had observed male ducks raping other male ducks, and they had observed male ducks raping dead female ducks, but never ah. a male duck raping a dead male duck. And so this, this was the, the first case. This was actually the title of his paper was the first case of homosexual necrophilia in the Mallard. Um, he wrote a paper on this, like an academic paper. No, yeah. He grabbed his wow. camera to, to film the whole thing, <laughs> to document it as well, because he, you know, he's for science. You know, he's yeah. a good scientist. Uh, so Ma- Ma- uh, Moliker himself would later note in his paper on the subject, After the breakup of the pairs from mid-March onwards, when the drakes congregate in small flocks, more than a dozen may chase a single female in the air, trying to force her down and rape her. Yeah. So Mm. in this case, again, he thinks that the one duck was actually chasing the other duck. That's why it happened so quickly. And the one duck hits the the window and the other then just lands and, and goes to town on him. So he he then goes on to describe what happened after the after what he saw after the 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 live duck mounted. The, the dead one. Forcibly picked into the back, the base of the bill, and mostly into the back of the head of the dead mallard for about two minutes, then mounted the corpse and started to copulate with great force, almost continuously picking the side of the head. 
He dismounted only twice, staying near the dead duck, and picked the neck and the side of the head again, uh, and the side of the head before mounting again. The first break lasted three minutes, and the second break lasted less than a minute. So finally, after as mentioned, after say. seventy-five minutes of this, Malker stated, "I had seen enough." He then went and shooed the other duck away and collected the dead duck. But even then, he states. The necrophiliac mallard only reluctantly left his mate. When I had approached him to about five meters, he did not fly away, but simply walked off a few meters, weakly uttering a series of two-note rabe-rabe calls. I secured the dead duck and left the museum. The mallard was still present at the site, calling rabe-rabe and apparently looking for his victim, who, by then, was in the freezer. Is that how you say rabe rabe? I, I remember doing the original video for this. Yeah. And I, I Googled it and I didn't find any pronunciation guidelines yeah. for rabe rabe. <laughs> yeah. So, so then he, 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 he collates his findings. He's got uh, the pictures and everything and, and writes his paper, which was quite, this was quite interesting to, to bird nerds the world over because it never been seen before. Yeah. And this, this event resulted in this this young Moloker being invited to give a TED talk about the event. It also won him an Ig Nobel Prize. His paper has been cited, you know, Ooh. tons of times because people find it hilarious. And uh, yeah, Ig Nobel Prize, for people who don't know, that's the one where it's uh, basically achievements that first make people laugh and then make them think. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, we've talked about that one before, so I don't know. This was the one who, the most famous one, if, in my mind, is the guy who cracked his knuckles on just one hand for like yeah. his whole life, right? See, I've... Yeah, I find that, yeah, that one's funny. There's also the one where a woman, the professor made a bra that also works as an effective uh, like gas mask for like in, in like warfare situations yeah. so they can take it off. And then the, the, the classic is the hilarious one where the researchers uh, went with the to the strip clubs and they, you know, monitored a bunch of strippers to see when they were ovulating or ah, not. And yeah, seeing, they got better tips. They got like, I can't. It was, it was significantly more tips when they were ovulating versus when they were not. And also interesting to know if they were on a birth control that kept them from ovulating, they saw no variance in the in the tips throughout the month. So it was kind of an interesting and interesting one. But uh, anyways, in honor of the the this duck that you know this dead duck, they actually is a dead duck day now on June fifth every June fifth. So that one just passed. Um, to just oh no, uh, I missed it. <laughs> yeah, right. It'd be kind of funny to go to because when they they go, the the guest of honor is the dead duck himself. Yeah. They usually put him on a little table and then Moloker will Moloker will then give a little very brief talk. It only lasts about f 15 minutes or so. So yeah. it just uh, just they'll they'll start. He'll do a little introduction. Then he'll talk about bizarre instances of animal behavior that took place, you know, the previous year. And on that note, in the two the 2017. <laughs> just to update you on all of the weird stuff that happened with animals last year. Yeah. And so the 2017 one actually saw the sequel to Dead Duck Event was the second account of a homosexual necrophilia in a mallard, uh, which occurred that year. And uh, Moloker had a little quip, a uh, little quote on this. He said, people have been waiting for this for 22 years. <laughs> yeah. So after, after this, talking about bizarre animal stuff, he will then read a message from a very prominent scientist somewhere in the world. We'll send him a little quote about the Dead Duck Day event. And yeah. then he just... And then he finishes up everyone discussing how to reduce instances of birds colliding with windows. The stickers, the hawk stickers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so then they will, this of course takes about 15 minutes, the whole thing. And then all the gathered masses will go to a nearby Chinese restaurant and they will have a six course duck dinner. Amazing. Uh, yeah. So, and it turns out about a hundred people a year now go to this. It's been growing every year. Wow. Uh, as you mentioned. We should so go. Then, Let's go. I know. 
It would be, I mean, I've never actually had duck. I don't know if it's any good, but. Um, what? No. Really? Is it good? Yes. Oh. oh, and you love chicken. I do, but I always feel bad for the duck because, again, they look so cute. Oh, it's super sexually aggressive. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, the uh, duck, to be fair, it's not these ducks that is being eaten. It's the big white duck, which is a lot nicer. Like, I, uh, I don't know, maybe it's also sexually aggressive. <laughs> um, duck's ducks amazing. I can't believe you've never yeah. had duck. No. Do you no, like Chinese do, food? Yeah. Yeah, not, yeah, not it's, it's often much. Chinese food. Here where I yeah. live, this duck duck is a main cuisine. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, weird. yeah. When, when right, you come so. visit me, we'll go out for duck. It'll be great. Yeah. Sounds good. We should totally go to the dead duck day sometime on June 5th. Sounds good. Can't yeah. believe you've never eaten duck. It's like me never no. seeing the Princess Bride. Still haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll solve that too. <laughs> um, so also, uh, as I mentioned before, in 2013, they put a little splatter decal where the where the duck hit the thing and Classy. so and there's also there's also there's also a little plaque detailing its fate and it's it's sacrifice for, for as a scientific curiosity and then this 2014 there was an opera made called the homosexual necrophilic duck opera that was made by uh written by one daniel gillingwater and it turns out in the debut the premiere at the imperial college of london Moliker himself was brought in to give the duck call during the opera the little ray brabe you know what it <laughs> really someone wrote an yeah. opera about this yes that's no did we mention this in the original video is this a new thing i don't know like i, I don't remember anything. this maybe we did i mention add it. stuff sometimes so it strikes me as particularly bizarre yeah yeah huh. almost as bizarre have you seen that uh it's not opera but it's musically and i'm not a musical fan but it's amazing it's about you know the actor Shia LaBeouf? He was yeah, in Transfer. Yeah, yeah okay, cool. Yeah. He was, a guy makes, I think his name's Rob Canton, and he makes this most surreal, bizarre musical performance talking about being chased through the woods by Shia LaBeouf or LaBeouf or however you say it with like an axe. And it's, it's just incredible and worth watching. And now I also want to see the homosexual necrophiliac duck, duck opera. Yeah, apparently you can see it in London, or I don't know if it's still a really? thing that's performed, but presumably, like in June, you'd think they would do it like every year or something like that. Um, Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that, is, that is all I got for today. I didn't put any feedback discussion. No. Uh, I, I, I didn't either. I saw that. And then I didn't yeah. remember anything from last time. So I, no. I there's tons, but oh, we forgot to do the giveaway again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the $300 oh, yeah. gift card. Well, are we back on a weekly schedule? Yeah, we are. So we can just do okay, it next week. I'll, I'll look up. I'll, pick right, a, I'll, find a, I'll find a winner. Cool. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, basically, this was we chose someone at random from our reviewers on the major podcast platforms to win an Amazon gift card. If you want to get it on the next time we do that, leave us a review. It would be awesome. Um, you know, they've officially changed it from iTunes. Yes. Did you read Apple about this? Podcast now. Yeah. It, they're yeah, shutting yeah. down iTunes, which oh. it's interesting. I mean, iTunes, iTunes is what stopped me from getting into Mac for the longest time because I had iTunes on PC and it's a, it was just such a piece of garbage that I assumed Macs must be pieces of garbage as well. And <laughs> I, I like it now, but yeah. it feels like the end of an era and I've got to learn to stop saying review us on iTunes. Yeah. Instead, review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So if you like that, leave us a review to all of that good stuff. Say hi to us at 
podcast at todayfoundout.com. Is that our email address for this show? Yeah. Cool. I haven't checked that in a very long time. <laughs> and I don't have forwarding set up. So I don't know. maybe don't do that. <laughs> you can say hi to me on Twitter at Simon Whistler. Or the forums, forums.todayfoundout.com, which I actually, I do monitor that daily. So You do? Yes, okay, I do. That's way better. Go do that then. Um, yeah. I haven't been on there in a long time. I probably should. Yeah. All of this good stuff. Thank you for watching. We are trying hard to get back on a weekly schedule. So assume there'll be another episode next week about what we don't know. No, I don't. I no, no okay. Idea. I just wanted to get this animal mating one out of the way because we got the sponsors coming up and no sponsor will ever touch anyone that's like uh, mating of any sort, whether animal or humans or anything. No, I just got some feedback this morning from our, uh, our sales yeah. chat. And he, is, he, he was, you can't use, and I'd already recorded it. It was quite frustrating, but it is what yeah. it is. It is what it is. Uh, all right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back real soon. We need a word for when banana slugs eat each other's penises.